Outstanding. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Instructional Designers in Offices Drinking Coffee. <laughs> hey, Chris. <laughs> hey, what's your mug say? Everybody lift a cup. It is uh, Simpson College. All right. Well, I've got I've got plain old IKEA going on here today. Oh. From the office kitchen. So. I need. I'm telling you, I need a Domino mug. Didn't we talk about this already? <laughs> well, I've got a Domino uh, a water bottle. We did water bottles this last year for our 20th anniversary. Was one of those. Ah, things. excellent, excellent. Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, you're gonna have to hook me up with the swag. <laughs> and start start wearing the sweatshirt and the t-shirt and and everything. Yeah, there we go. Well, I don't know. I you know. Sweatshirts are nice. I love them, but I get to wear them maybe two days out of the year down here in Arizona. So. Uh, yeah, well, the, we did hoodies as well that looked like um, uh, roots type hoodies for for the Canadian kind of effect with you know really nice embroidered logos and stuff. And uh, you see them around the office. I almost someone's wearing one. Somebody is wearing one at least every day. You know, somewhere in the office. Um, and for and for me, it's the go-to. You come home at the end of the day and throw that on and it's just, you know, especially in the, in this time of year, the winter, it's like, ah, perfect. Yeah. Warm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. For us getting home is uh, just taking as much clothes off as you possibly can and still feel comfortable just to stay cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's a different Not lifestyle. Yeah. We've had, um, we've had a couple of mild days now and the next streak of our, our weather, I was actually looking today, the next like 14 days, for the daily high uh, in the next two weeks, it's only the, the coldest day will be freezing at zero Celsius. After that, it's above zero a little bit. So it kind of feels like, I don't know. So there's a Canadian paranoia that gets involved here because you, you get this streak of something nice and you just feel like the elements are just going to take it away. They're going to taunt you. <laughs> it's like this Canadian fatalism about the weather. You don't ever actually trust it to be nice uh, or, or that it's going to stay nice. So. So it's, it's too early to declare that it's spring, like uh, a month and a half. Too but you're holding out hope. So, but <laughs> it just feels nice. Yeah. So. Anyway. Oh, man, that's awesome. Yeah. we. It's all the same here. It's just complete opposite. Like mm -hmm. it, it dipped below 60 yesterday. Like as a high, I think it was 59. And, um, and I was freezing. I was like, this is horrible. This is like the worst cold ever. Please turn this off. <laughs> very, I'm a very thin-skinned desert rat. So, <laughs> uh -huh. yeah. Well, we we acclimatize to the things that we that we get used to, right? And uh, differences. I, I have friends who have moved to the south and uh, come home for like two days here, and it's not even a cold day. And the the Facebook post is. Uh, Highly critical of idiots who would stay living in this northern climate, more or less. You know, maybe kind of a little politer, but not quite. Uh, yeah, no, not so much. It's so much more fun to uh, tease the other half. <laughs> but anyways, well, you know what? Uh, acclimatizing to the weather or getting used to technology or connecting to the work that we do. Uh, is kind of what we're going to talk about today. We want to talk about uh, what makes bad e-learning or, mm -hmm. uh, you know, what are those things that might make bad e-learning? But my name is Brent Schlenker. For those of you that don't know me, I guess we should do some round of introductions here. And uh, Chris, tell people who you are. 
Ah, Chris Van Wingerden, uh, Senior Vice President Learning Solutions here at Domino. Fantastic. That's the official title anyway. Yeah, I'm your friendly neighborhood community manager. So we, uh, I'll take care of you. If, uh, if you are a user of Domino or want to be a user of Domino, you could actually reach out to either one of us and we'll get you hooked up. Yeah, for sure. Uh, right, and, uh, and take care of that. But, um, but e-learning, bad or good, maybe we should start with, do we, um, can we maybe put a tiny bit of definition around um, just the term e-learning? Is that something we should even discuss or try to do? Um, Sure. I mean, it's kind of a weird word these days anymore, right? Because it's there's so many things. Um, I guess when, when I was when we were thinking about this topic, my my thought was kind of coming from this sort of thing of what we would call a traditional, you know, e-learning course. Oh, you okay. know, that kind of a that kind of an experience because it's still the thing that so many people have to right. have to make and and put out there. Um, well, and, yeah. Historically, if we dial it back, right, it, it all, if we, if we look at a very high level, I know a lot of people come at me on this, but I like to oversimplify things sometimes. So, you know, before the big tech boom, right, it was all classrooms, all classroom-based training, and we maybe started to use tech to kind of manage all of those classrooms. Then we started saying, hey, let's move all of that content and those classes into an online self-paced experience. If students are able to sit in a classroom for an hour, why wouldn't they want to sit for an hour or two hours or three in front of their computer and learn the same content, consume the same content or listen to that? Now we're kind of in this next stage of, and granted there are other mini stages that went all along, but a big picture again, classroom, online classroom stuff, whether it's live, virtual, or self-paced. And now we're kind of entering this next phase. And I think that's where things are, we're in this transition and definitions and good or bad and quality, our conversations are starting to have a little bit of edge to them because everybody's kind of struggling with that. Well, it's kind of, it's kind of cool. I mean, I started doing this 16, 18, 17 years ago now. And so we were making courses at the time that were like eight hours long. And that was one course that you would have to complete. Not that there was any expectation that you'd actually spend eight straight hours because that was also right. part of the, the point was that, oh, do it, you know, do a bit, come back, start up, you know, pick up yep. where you left off, et cetera. But, um, and then, you know, we've seen the gradual erosion of that <laughs> length so where where people are now making shorter courses what really probably means that they're making instead of eight hour a one eight hour course they're making eight one hour courses or multiple you know half hour things or so that they you know trying to reduce the sense of time that people spend in front of something um or, or you know trying to consume something because I, I don't know length of time is apparently bad uh, as opposed <laughs> to depth Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, theoretically, I would think if you spent more time doing something, you would learn more. Uh, but that's, uh, you know, apparently not the case. Yeah. Well, in uh, in some instances, I would think that, you know, as we're as we're talking about sort of approaching this from a quality perspective, right? What's the difference between bad and good? Has that changed despite the fact that we've gone through these these phases of technology and how we use it or length even maybe if we put all of that aside does 
how we define whether it's good or bad, whatever it is, has how we measured that actually changed it all? Yeah, well, uh, so I, a, an idea around all of this that was floating in my mind was, um, was even thinking about, you know, what's wrong with something that's boring in a sense? And I, I mean, I should have maybe double checked before our session, but what's the, the first level of evaluation in the Kirkpatrick is, is oh, it's smile more of a, yeah, it, and I, I mean, that's more of a, you know, how do you feel about the experience kind of a thing. Yep. Um, and, 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 you know, does it, is it always the case that if somebody has to learn something that we have to make them feel good? I'm trying to figure out the best way to phrase this because I don't want to sound like a, a, a jerk. You know, it should, something shouldn't be punitive. Um, right. But there's this, there's this sense. So let, let me just, I was flicking through before we, I was flicking through a few browsers uh, that I had open and before we started today. And I just want to, let me just, I'm moving the wrong thing. Let me throw something here. And this is kind of what I was thinking about, you know, the, the idea of bad. And here's, here's a headline. I've, I think I've, you know, changed the, I haven't changed the names, but I've cropped out any identifying things about where this might have come from. But the idea of, is your e-learning boring? Spice it up with these three innovative learning ideas. Because clearly stated here is boring e-learning fails to engage learners. Um, you need to explore new ways to create courses. And that's, it's, it's kind of loaded with a whole bunch of things. Like, do we actually need to create courses to begin with? Yeah. Um, let alone new ways to create courses and how new can we make something if the idea of a course isn't the thing that you should be making in the first place does it matter how new I don't know how, how much extra shiny bits we put on it does that actually help yeah well you mentioned this yesterday too and I, I think this is why uh, concepts like storytelling and um, other just design conversations are so important you were mentioning that you know how you know books for you know centuries quite honestly have been very engaging right so if we're going to say hey if e-learning fails to engage well you know why is that i mean maybe that's a more of a design issue than a than a, a medium issue or a feature issue right i mean yeah. if, if a book or a story can be really engaging which we all know it can be um you know or a a plain audio file, right? Um, you know, listening. I mean, remember when people used to gather around the radio and listen to radio dramas, right? And that was, you know, you, you can't tell me that that kind of stuff wasn't engaging, you know? And so it, it's, I, I think we sometimes blame the medium and we concern ourselves too much with feature sets and don't focus enough on that that design and that story and that that ability for it the access part to be frictionless and and back to your point just briefly about um you know always wanting to feel like we're making people feel good right like add more stuff just to make it feel fun and good really doesn't make much sense if you think about it because a lot of people utilize the term gamification right and it's like yay let's make everybody feel good and make them happy by adding gamification and that's going to make them engaged but the interesting thing about that and it's a paradox i believe is that what game designers know is that in order to keep people engaged you frustrate them 
right? <laughs> you make things just difficult, just hard enough for them to feel a little bit of frustration and pain so that they come back and want to try harder, right? And that's a design element that I don't think we, uh, you know, engage enough of, right? What if, what if we approached our e-learning design with that in mind? I, um, I read a story, an anecdote somewhere a, a long time ago, but a, I think it was like a father watching his son playing a video game. And he said the kid kept smashing his character against a wall. And, and he said to his, the, the, the kid something like, well, what are you doing that for? And he said, son, and the kid's reply was, well, I know there's something in there. I just got to figure out how to break it open or whatever. So, yeah. it, you know, it doesn't seem like the, it, it didn't seem like it was part of the obvious game path of no, no, no. If you just go further, you know, leave that wall behind and, and go somewhere else. No, the, the, the kid was, you know, mashing away at this wall because there had to be something, you know, hidden there. It's that sort of, um, anyway, part of that, that, that thing that video games we, we often do forget is like you say, it's that, that, that challenging aspect that, uh, that, keeps you keeps you driving through to to I know find the next thing or to to solve the next puzzle or beat the boss or whatever. So Yeah, and the and the challenge isn't the tech, right? It's the story. Yeah. It's it's the it's the getting to the next level. It's that higher level of I need to just finish this one thing in order to get to the to the next thing. There's always that goal in mind. And I think that's another part that we miss when we're talking about bad versus goody learning. A lot of times the goal that we would like our learners to have isn't the same goal that they have, right? And there's there's sometimes a mismatch. And I think that can create in and of itself a bad learning experience um, as well. I think um, so I had a conversation with someone the other day who had to take a, um, uh, well, it's Wemis here in, in Ontario, it'd be like uh, what the OSHA, the materials handling type. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, you know, yeah. Um, and uh, it basically had a certain level of, of frustration because the time that was spent, I mean, you know, the content was hasn't changed from, from year to year. Uh, plus the role that this person has, has them not, you know, touching any chemicals anyway, but because they're part of the organization, you know, that was a required bit of e-learning content that she had to, had to, to consume. And, sort of expressing a frustration, you know, oh, gosh, it's that's a, a half an hour or an hour or whatever that I really didn't feel applied to me. I had to, you know, it had to be taken because everybody had to have that requirement, you know, fulfilled. But a sense of how does that actually align with my role uh, in a sense, too? So, you know, that's another thing that I think I, I guess we can never get away from the, that regulatory stuff. There's always going to be a need for for organizations to provide things to make sure that, uh, you know, people have been provided with legal information, you know, those sorts of things. Um, is there any, you know, but, but can that be, uh, how, how do we do that? And do we know that it actually, um, you know, come, comes down to maybe measuring what we're doing, I guess, on the other side is, you know, are we really making a, a difference with those sorts of things or is it strictly just meeting a, a regulatory need? Yeah, and I don't know, and that is, that is a tough, um, that's a tough question when it comes down to that compliance type stuff, right? I mean, it, it does sort of change, that changes the dynamic a little bit. And I think that's another great point that we need to make here when we're talking about 
you know, good versus bad e-learning, or if we're, you know, if we're going to put a label of quality around it somehow, that um, every type of learning experience or reason why we're building it is different in, in every company. And I think that sometimes gets glossed over um, in our industry as a whole when when either you know a speaker is presenting this stuff at an event or writing a blog post about it, um, there there sometimes tends to be a little bit too much black and white thinking, and it's like, well, you know, if this was compliance training, this would be fine, and you really don't have a choice. And there's you know there's every every organization, every company, every um, and every project that requires some type of training you know, has those different constraints that force us into different boxes and to do different things. And what works for one of those may not be the best solution for another one. And what might be really good in one situation would be really, really bad in another. So I think that's part of this conversation that I think we need to open up a little bit more uh, in our industry. And, and you know, when we're, when we're placing labels, especially of quality, um, I think it's really important for us to know that. I've, I've often said it'd be fun instead of having a like an an awards show or a, or a, like a, like a demo fest or whatever, where the the you know the bells and whistles of the fancy tech are the things that make something really good and make you win an award. You know, what if it was uh, you know, hey, did you just solve a problem or did you you know did you solve a solution for the cheapest amount of money? Like if there was some way that you could you know, figure that out. You know, I, I don't know, but I, I think, I think that would be good. I think there's a lot of pressure for us to use a lot of new tech just because there's a lot of notoriety in it. Yeah. For us. Yeah. The, 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 the sense that there's something, the latest thing that, uh, you know, does it, but does it actually have a practical application for the, the problem uh, that you're trying to solve? Yeah. Um, lots of stuff, you know, floating around these days about AR and VR type, you know, things. Um, and you know what those applications are. Um, I did have a chance not long ago, a few weeks back actually, um, to uh, to see some stuff that uh, is underway with the um, one of the academies within the the Canadian military using VR to assemble to teach you how to assemble firearms, you know, virtually before you ever actually touch it. So you know actually how how it comes together and come and you know goes apart. So you could be, you know, that could be done. Um, you, you know, almost anywhere where, you know, where the, as long as you're provided the AR, AR equipment, people don't actually have, you know, be holding a firearm in order to understand how to assemble and disassemble it, for example. So, um, it, you know, that kind of, that alignment then of, of, of the technology with a practical thing, which is, you know, probably also a budgetary, uh, um, a, a budgetary thing too, because it's probably cheaper, you know, long run to do that kind of a thing than to put so many people in a classroom with an instructor and, and maybe, um, and it's not obviously not going to be an isolated thing. They're going to have to move on to the, you know, to the real physical object in their, in their hands, but, but at least as a, you know, as a starting point. Um, and um, anyway, it was one of the first sort of things that I've felt that, uh, you know, was kind of a practical alignment of this shiny new technology beyond just the wow factor in a sense. Did it, was it, um, so was it VR or was it AR? Because I can, I can, I can visualize in my mind two very different cool solutions, both very valid, but you know, very different. Yeah, this was totally VR. Okay. Um, 
Um, it was a you know completely computer generated uh, graphical simulated environment. Um, Did were, it, were they able to grab each one of the pieces and actually put them together, or was it more of a process thing where they just touched? Okay, put this one here, maybe drag all the pieces together, uh, that kind of thing, or was it really tactile? Um, it, it was actually fairly tactile because um, instead of controllers, they actually had an uh, infrared camera on the front of the bigger goggles. So it was my own hands in the simulation that I was seeing as opposed to, you know, fake hands with a pair of nunchucks or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So so it had, I mean, it was obviously because it's just my hands and there's no haptics to say, you know, oh, I can tactilely, you know, feel this, but I could. If I moved and just pointed, you know, two fingers, I saw that, you know, literally as opposed to pushing the A, B button and, and tweaking yeah. a little way, you know, with the controller kind of approach or, or whatever. So, yeah. yeah, from an AR perspective, I could I could see this being really cool if you actually had the rifle in front of you and your goggles overlaid something like even when you moved the gun to start working with it the labels and what moved with it and still kind of framed it. And yeah. there could be some instructions there that say, okay, you know, take, you know, point to this one and take that apart and pull that apart. And then as you pull it apart, the highlights or the labels or whatever stay with that part, right? That'd be really cool. So this, this one actually had a, an option. You could uh, click on something else in the environment and watch a video to see what the steps were. So that was, oh, okay. you know, the instruction was was available to you um, or um, even just get a highlight of what where the next part was that you were supposed to, you know, engage with, you know, that would yeah. be a little, sort of a flashing highlight on, you know, go here for, you know, to remove, um, I don't know, the, the clip or, or whatever it was, you know. Yeah. So that's, they had some of that baked in, too, as well, the, that it was like self-instructional. You could learn from it as opposed to simply fumbling around for sure. Yeah, there were tons of ideas in yeah. that space that I could think of and that are that are that are good. We're we're getting there. We're the tech is definitely getting there. And I, I think that is the one, you know, place, the the VR and AR tech that's coming along, I, I think is the one place where the tech is really worth it in those types of situations where there's very hands-on training that's very expensive to do otherwise that can help speed up the process, um, you know, utilizing that tech, I think is fantastic. But um, I still think, I know a lot of people say that it's already here and that it's, you know, it can already be done. And yes, obviously if the Canadian military's already got something like that, but I think on a broad scale, I think we're still a little bit far away from like, you know, e-learning designers, for example, learning how to code in Unity or any one of the other, <laughs> you know, you know, 3D tools that that build that kind of stuff. I think we're still back in that phase where we're, you know, and we will be for a while, I think, where we're dealing with web technologies, right? And and, yeah, yeah. and two-dimensional space and information and and what does, you know, good or bad look like in that space? I, to be honest, I'm just happy we're moving to the web, right? And, <laughs> and HTML5 and and that type of structure, because I've said it for decades now, when the since the web first came along, this is the architecture we need to be following. <laughs> We've rarely gotten there. Another thing that experience sort of left for me was a sense, uh, a bit of reflection as, as I was came out of that thinking, uh, we have so many things that we currently do, but are we doing them, um, are we using them in, in good ways? Like, 
the, the physicality, the spatialness of that experience, I came back thinking, um, uh, and sometimes I'll admit, I'm kind of a broken record maybe on this sometimes, but drag and drops. Um, I think, you know, I, I, it, because of the spatialness, I, I, you know, you could use drag and drop, you, you know, in, a, in an e-learning e kind of context for, for that kind of, um, you know, for getting people partway there, you know, how to understand the, the sequence of components or, or in, in the areas of, of, of things, et cetera. Um, but then I was reflecting on a conversation too that I had not long ago with a group that you know were doing a drag and drop and and wondering about some technical stuff and and I said well what is it that that what what are you, what are you trying to teach with the drag and drop and it was sort of like a it was a pretty simple thing like a um, I don't know like a categorization or a type of question or almost so it, you know not unlike a I mean something that multiple choice would have also you know suited for but the drag and drop was the choice because it was more interesting than <laughs> yeah. I thought I thought well is it really or is it more interesting to design as a designer because we can do that and it feels funner as us for us as the maker of something are yeah. we really doing a service to someone um, with an activity that seems like a level of, of interesting value but is it really aligned with the activity that that um the, the, or the you know the thing that you're trying to teach does it really actually help or, or not and that's one of the things I find um, as a consumer whenever I have most you know recently taken an e-learning course myself I'm, I'm you know you're always taking it at that meta level too observing the things that they're subjecting you to and I use that because uh, you, you know you often feel um, I often I sometimes feel anyway like whoa this was for adults you know um, because we have I don't know cartoon characters interacting and, and things sometimes and it's like yeah yeah I think, yeah i mean i i think about things like the like like putting the gun together i mean we could just stay with that theme right and there's i can think of so many different l types of media that you could use to teach that and i get why somebody would think to themselves ah drag and drop it's sequential it's physical being able to see it and do it might be great but I think what people forget too is that we are dealing with adults. And I also think that, and it might be interesting to even try to, I don't know, if anybody's getting their PhD out there and wants to do some research on this, it'd be cool if, um, one of my favorite, I, I posed this question, I guess it was last year or the year before when um, Vine was out, was it Vine was like six second videos um, hmm. and, uh, or 11 second videos then were Instagram or something like that. Now all that's changed. But I just remember thinking how really cool it was that companies, and this was all marketing stuff, but in my mind it was still education and training. Oreo had the best, I'll see if I can find it and share it with everybody on a link in the uh, Domino community um, uh, on LinkedIn. But um, six seconds, they taught you how to make an Oreo treat, right? And you would think, and it was, a, and it's a process. And it, it, there was probably four or five steps in the process, and just boom, 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 boom. Then it was basically a vine or an animated GIF or whatever. But if you think about it, you know, as an adult, if you've got the need to understand the process, right? A six-second video, you can run that through 30, 40, 50 times, and just watching it and being engaged enough in it. You can learn that process just as easily as a, a really cool drag and drop e-learning program that costs you $50,000 from somebody to do the drag and drop, right? My guess is, is that for an adult learner, 
that has that need would find just watching that process happen really quickly a lot of times is enough. Yeah, well, you used the word engage there, which reminded me of something else that I had um, found, and I'm just going to move it over here. Um, uh, a really nice piece from a couple of years back from um, from Mark Rosenberg in Learning Solutions Magazine, but talking about the difference between interactivity uh, and engagement. And we mm -hmm. often kind of, we often think that those are the same kind of things or interactivity automatically means engagement, like by putting some practice uh, questions or like you said, gaming kind of elements, does that really, you know, end up engaging? And uh, a real, um, you know, uh, a real, focus here is the fact that um, it, it's definitely worth a read and we'll put the, I'll, I'll put a link in the, um, in the YouTube uh, description, you know, to this article for folks to find, um, or if they're really, uh, in, you know, I'll, I'll make it actually visible a bit better on the screen here. Um, but, you know, really what is, what is engagement? Engagement comes from wanting to know something, not from, you know, the extrinsic tickling or whatever that that, that that your interaction with something, you know, does. Yeah. Um, I think about how we navigate the broader web. Um, you go, you find some information. You, you don't do a practice question on any website to learn more about the thing that you're trying to learn. You, you know, you, you, you're there until you get enough information to make a decision or to understand how to do something um, without a lot of extra, uh, call them interactions from what we call an interaction from an e-learning perspective. So anyway, I found this one, uh, this article really quite, uh, it gelled a lot of nice things for me as I, as I read it. And, uh, um, and it's, gosh, it's one of those things that even though it's 2014 and we're now four years, uh, calendar almost past that, uh, it's, it stands the test of time, I would say. Oh yeah, well, I mean, again, it's semantics, right? And in, in our industry, there are a lot of words that get tossed around interchangeably uh, and and when they really shouldn't be, and this this is a perfect example of that, right? Interactivity and engagement, and it, it is they are not the same. And when we're measuring one but thinking that we're doing the other, that's when we start to get into trouble with defining good versus bad, and what works and what doesn't work. I think and things like that. So a really really important conversation that I think our industry needs to continue having um, as a whole. And, um, and really um, hold ourselves accountable when we do have these conversations or when we're sitting in, in a conference room at an event and a speaker is talking, right? And if somebody is, you know, question the terminology, question the word choice and, and what was said and help, we all, I think, play a part in defining this good and bad and making things better. If we don't hold each other accountable, I don't think we as an industry as a whole can move forward in that direction. So I, I hope we can help out a little bit here by, by just hanging out and having these conversations every day. You know, it's just 30 minutes, but um, I, I think it's worthwhile. It helps, uh, it helps get the brain going in the morning, right? That yeah, for sure. <laughs> good cup of coffee. Yep. Uh Perfect timing because mine is out. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's definitely good enough reason to end. <laughs> <laughs> Time for a refill.
Yeah, for sure. Well, this was an awesome conversation again, as always. Uh, you know, I think we're going to have to start doing this a little bit more often. But once we dial in a few of the the feature sets and and uh, how we put this together, we'll, we'll keep it at one week for now and uh, and uh, once a week, anyways, and uh, and keep this going. But I think it's I think it's great conversation, and we'll uh, we'll start getting others jumping in with us here soon too. For sure. Yeah. Any, Perfect. Uh, any closing remarks before we let everybody go and get their own cup of coffee? Uh, please, drag and drop responsibly. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, check out Domino, you guys. If you haven't yet, uh, I think you will be uh, more than pleasantly surprised. You will be overwhelmingly surprised at uh, the things you can do. And uh, I know I have been, uh, as a newcomer to the organization, and uh, you can also uh, check out the website. You can check out uh, the community that we've formed uh, on LinkedIn. If you're already a user and you're uh, looking to share your knowledge with it, please join us there. And I guess until next week, enjoy your coffee and drag and drop responsibly. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, everybody, for uh, paying attention to us. We'll see you next time. Yeah, yeah. And uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, um, watch the one from last week, too. Yeah. Despite the typo. <laughs> oh, growing pains. Anyway. Yeah, well, you know, it's all fun, though. And we're learning, so that's good. That's right. We're fumbling through. That's right. That's right. Awesome. That's good stuff. All right, man. Well, uh, we'll see time. you next week. Perfect.